What's up, everyone? Welcome back into Animan Plus, the bonus cast, though. This is our first bonus cast that we've done here on Animan Plus. Uh, so we've got our normal show. Uh, then we also have the spoiler cast, which, spoiler cast, you know, the name speaks for itself. Uh, the bonus cast is going to be any sort of extra content that we want to do, maybe on like an older series, uh, a movie, or something that doesn't necessarily fit into our normal show routine, or something that we don't really deem spoilers. And that's what this is today. Uh, I do have Josh and Zach over the phone with me right now. Josh and Zach, how are you guys doing today? Doing well. I'm doing good. So for today's bonus cast, we've talked about it for a while, and we're really lazy, and one thing after another just kept on pushing it back further and further, but we are going to finally do the My Hero Academia movie Heroes Rising uh, talk, just review of the entire movie itself, just our thoughts on what you know what we thought about, like uh, most notably the ending of the movie, which uh, has been said that was kind of like the original idea for the ending of the series and just stuff like that. And the reason why we're doing this as a bonus cast is because, uh, I mean, it's it's been available to rent and purchase for about three months now, almost four months now. It came out in Japan late 2019, came out over here early 2020. If you haven't seen it yet, it's kind of on you if you want to see it. Um, but so if you have not seen it and you're super negative, you know, you don't want spoilers, I just don't listen to this episode. It's that simple. You know, that's literally this this episode's all about my heroes, heroes rising. We're not gonna be hopping around to different topics, so no big deal there. Um, so uh, I just rewatched this movie recently. Uh, I watched it with Zach. Zach, this was his first time seeing it. Josh, uh, we got we got to go see it in theaters together. Correct? Yes, we did. That was fun. Uh, and you've seen it, it since. Um, so let's just kind of yeah, jump someone... in. Let's just kind of just jump into it, man. Um, for, first and foremost, I gotta know. You know, here on the show, that like I said, this was Zach's first time seeing it. Zach, overall, what did you think of the movie? I gotta know. I mean, overall, it, it was enjoyable. Um, I don't feel like I got too attached to it, but right. just the overall movie itself was very enjoyable. One of my favorite things about the My Hero movies is that it's not like how it used to be when it comes to like anime movies, you know, where it's just like some one-off cash grab, like a Naruto or a Dragon Ball, you know, kind of like what we're kind of like what we were used to growing up, where it's like you have these movies and then, you know, Hikoshi ties them into the manga in some capacity with like a single page or, you know, something like that. So that's one thing I yeah. really, I really like about these My Hero movies. You know, nine was uh, in the manga at one point in one shot. Uh, and I, I don't remember what the chapter was, whatever, but I know this movie. 22, 22, okay. Because I remember the movie was referenced, just like the first movie. Um, uh, I can't remember. Two Heroes, the first movie, was referenced in the manga as well and, and in the anime. It was referenced in the anime as well. They had, they had an episode where it ended with All Might saying, all right, Deku, you're coming with me to this island, whatever, you know, which led up to the, the Two Heroes movies. That, that's one thing that I do want to say when it comes to these movies is the, I love how they are tied into canon and uh, are more or less considered canon. Um, one of my favorite parts one of my favorite aspects about this movie and I'll, i want to know you guys' thoughts on this uh this dynamic as well is that you know this movie is 
you know, takes place on an island where all of our class 1A students are acting as, like, you know, the heroes of the island, like a hero agency type of thing, while this island gets their new hero agency up and running. So there's no no teachers here, no pro heroes here. It's just the students. And the one thing that I really like about this, di- the you know, uh, dynamic for this movie is the fact that it feels like, for the most part, besides, like, a select few, every single one of the class 1A students kind of has a moment in some capacity, which is nice because that's not what we obviously get in the normal show or manga, you know, all the time. Well, you know, what, what's you guys' thoughts on, on that dynamic that they approach for this movie where everyone kind of has their moment? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of nice when you have a big cast of characters and everyone gets kind of their moment at least once. Cause obviously like my hero, it's basically Deku and then you have like Bakugo and Shoto are the main three and then Yurahata and all those kind of like come into the background sometimes and there's people that never really get a chance to show off so it's nice to see like everyone's powers and like what they can do with them right. yeah no it, it is really good because like a lot of that the characters in A1 when I like even still in the manga they still haven't had any opportunity to shine true and just seeing them get at least even a small moment in this movie was really nice. And I know most of the characters have like some sort of fan base, just they don't get any spotlight ever. Yeah. Yeah. I think when it comes to this movie, there was only like, off the top of my head, like maybe three characters that didn't really have any sort of role in everything going on towards the end. And I can, I can, I don't remember any of their names, uh, but the invisible girl, she really had no part at all. Um, I mean, she wasn't even in the movie, honestly. I mean, yeah, basically, right? Uh, <laughs> the sugar rush dude, he he had one brief little moment when the villains first attacked fighting the beast dude, but like he just got his it shit knocked around. You know, uh, and then the, uh, the, the, the dude that can talk to animals, he had like no moment either. Because in the final like whole act I mean, of the movie, hold the, on, they, hold on, hold on, hold on. He did get a moment. He got the moment to be Itachi. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. Whenever me and Zach were uh, watching it, you had the moment where like all the crows came in, and yeah, you know, it made like the it, it sounded just like the like the same sound effect from Naruto. And me and Zach watching, I'm just like Itachi, is that you? Because <laughs> literally, it's just a scene where Nine uh, over uh, I can't remember if it was Deku and Bakugo or just Deku, but uh, Nine's just there and he's about to off him, and then just crows. Yeah. <laughs> All right, fair, fair, fair. You got me there. You got me there. I know in like the final act of the movie, they had like no part because they were in, they were with all the villagers in the cave, whatever. Uh, they were like yeah. considered the last line of defense, but I mean, what the fuck were they going to do? But you know, I get it. I get it. Um, yeah. Well, so, they're also the ones in the manga that don't really get any time to shine either. True. True. They're more of the, their, their background 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 characters yeah true true um so just to kind of give like a brief like little breakdown of what takes place in this movie like besides the initial aspect that i've already explained with uh this like school like uh, like interim summer camp-esque thing what however you want to however it was referred to in the movie where they're acting as the heroes so basically you have this antagonist nine who is like some sort of uh he has some sort of relation not in terms of like oh family but you know like in in just uh like an acquaintance uh form to um you know uh all for one 
where nine has you know has the ability to take in take in other quirks and uh, absorb them up to nine quirks and that's including his own um but to, you know do, using all these quirks they, they it just fucks with his body so he's trying to get like a, a cell regeneration quirk is what he's trying to get his hands on uh he ends up getting one um but it ends up being the wrong one based on blood type and that's where his next goal is to go after that particular person's kids you know trying to get the correct one which then prompts all these antagonists heading over to the island creating the massive fight that goes down you know in this movie you know a couple things that i want to point out for the anime only watchers you know when it comes to going into this movie for the most part anime watchers like were pretty much in good shape there was only a couple things off the top of my head that was kind of like a curveball to the anime only viewers number one endeavor scar uh, number two, Hawks, and number three, the kind of uh, the little, you know, references that we got to uh, one for all in, involving like where you get to see the other users and stuff like that, you know, that sort of stuff. And that's what we're going to get to see right here at the beginning of the new season coming out here in just a couple months. But other than that, you know, it was all pretty much context that we already kind of knew as anime only viewers so you know once these villains kind of hit the island you know you got you get introduced to the kid characters which i'm kind of curious um if these characters will ever 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 come back into play i've been i've been kind of curious about the same thing with the two heroes characters you know the david shield i think was his name and i believe i'm i I might be wrong this melissa shield i don't remember for sure on the name though you know i i doubt they will but you know can't help but to wonder hey are these movie characters ever Ever going to come back into play? Probably not, but hey, we'll see. Uh, but you get introduced to the little kid characters who are kind of like, kind of anti-hero in a way, you know, kind of testing Deku, kind of testing Bakio, which causes them to kind of get attached to to these particular characters as well as more Deku getting attached to them. Bakio basically just says, fuck you, you know, leave me alone. I'm here to fight villains. That's it. You know how Bakio is. Uh, you know, once the villains actually start to attack, you get to see, you get to see kind of all of our hero, uh, our class 1A, you know, all broken up into separate groups. And you get to see some different action. One of the villains being taken down fairly easily uh, with his quirk, which, what exactly was his quirk? It was like some puppet quirk to some extent. Was a, a yeah, fa- no, a fabric what, what quirk. Mummy? Mummy. Yeah, mummy. mummy. His, his whole thing was he wrapped things in bandages, uh, his specific bandages and anything wrapped in them he could control completely. Okay, that's right. Yeah, the, yeah. Okay, and uh, he ended up getting his shit wrecked by uh, Bakugo. Um, but you know, the, when it comes to these uh, other villains, man, that that beast dude, what the fuck exactly is that dude's quirk? Because like in that final fight with him, man, he just became like so many different. There were so many things going on with this dude. Let well, me tell you, his name is Chimera, and his ability uh, basically, basically lets him like take on animal characteristics. That's kind of a busted quirk. I mean, that's something for a Camaro. So. Yeah, yeah, true, yeah. true. Speaking of busted quirk, shout out to Nine's weather manipulation quirk because that's busted as fuck. Yeah, while we're talking about Nine, um, let me just say, going back to like anime and manga stuff, this was like a Nine's kind of like a huge foreshadowing of something that hadn't happened yet in the manga either. Because I'm reading some backstory on Nine because you know you're saying it's kind of unclear. Um, his only quirk was the weather manipulation until he donated his body to the League of Villains. And that's where he basically underwent the, uh, he was the, the test subject for what Shirigaki went through. So he got one for all his power after that and then started getting the other quirks. 
Oh, okay. Okay. That's, that's useful so, information. Yeah. I, didn't, I so, did not know that. Yeah, that was huge foreshadowing because at the time, yeah, Jerry Bucky yeah. hadn't gone through that, that yet either. So nine was the first time any of us were really seeing someone else get one fall or also one's quirk. Right, right. Yeah, and him having that quirk, you know, like we've already kind of mentioned, allows him to uh, steal quirks. And uh, he did attempt to steal uh, Deku's quirk in this movie, which which ultimately failed because uh, all for one, I mean, one for all uh, cannot be stolen. Um, so that's where you kind of get to see a little moment. Uh, I think that was a moment where you got to see all of like the past lives very briefly. I know it was at the beginning of the movie, I think, but I, I want to say also at that moment, you get to see like all the past lives kind of briefly. I could be wrong. Um, but that, you know, that was a cool little moment to see for at least the manga readers, you know, anime viewers, they're kind of probably left, left a little bit in the dark there. Uh, shout yeah. out to the theory that, uh, Bakugo is the second, uh, all for, uh, one for all user. I'm going to stand by that theory. I mean, I'm going to die on this. The, move, the movie kind of, kind of like pushed that too, because yeah. it was that silhouette that had like the red, which is kind of like a Bakugo thing. And yeah. it, it looked like it. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, we're, we're still a bit of ways off to see if that theory ever comes to fruition. So, yeah. I mean, technically, Technically, the movie did kind of bring that to fruition. The same, yeah. That technically it did, it did. But uh, you know, I will, I, I fully believe we'll get to see that uh, that theory play out sooner or later. I have no doubt in my mind that it's true. If it does not end up being true, I'll shit. I, I will shit. I will shit my pants yeah. uh, on the spot. Um, but uh, you know, what what are some uh, aspects about this movie that uh, you guys particularly liked? Because you know, I, I have a lot of different things that I liked about. It. I liked, like I, I mentioned, I liked the dynamic where all characters kind of got their moment. Um, you know, especially with the climax fight that we had, where everyone was kind of broken off into their separate groups. You know, taking on the villains and stuff. I love the stuff with. Um, uh, uh, I'm drawing a blank on his on his name, but his, I think his hero name is Sukuyomi. Um, I, I love his fight in the cave where when the fight starts, he says the line, "You know, this is my world." Whatever, it's such a just such a kick ass, yeah, kick ass like fight in the dark. Yes, yes. Um, you know, you know the stuff with like Yoraka, Momo. You know, um, the belly button dude. Forgot his name. Naval laser. Naval laser. Yes. Naval laser. Uh, just, I love everyone getting their moments. You know, even Todoroki who's, who got shafted as fuck this movie. Let me stress. He got so shafted until his moment. His moment is so brutal. And I loved Zach's response to his moment. <laughs> Zach's response oh, to his yeah. moment was fantastic. Yeah, no. So Todoroki gets pretty much shafted and he's more or less useless for most of it. And in the fight with Chimera, he gets a big buildup and stops Chimera by doing what? By using his ice power to do the opposite of his, what he's done before with his big explosion, do a giant ice age in Chimera's stomach and to the point where a giant icicle comes out of the guy. I see this and I just go, so that guy's just fucking dead. Yeah. <laughs> no chance. <laughs> no chance. I was like, it's just right after it happened, I was just like, yeah, he's dead. He's not coming back. If they show him being arrested, I'm calling bullshit. Right, right. 
but uh, what what are what are some aspects about this movie that you guys particularly like were really fond of? You know, like it could be anything. I mean, just like the score of it. Um, you know, just like you know the stuff that I've already kind of mentioned, and we haven't even touched on the the actual climax here. You know, we're kind of we're kind of building up to that. But you know, what what are what are some of your thoughts on on this movie? I mean, for me, the climax was the best part. Um, some course. things I liked afterwards because I didn't learn a lot of stuff away later. Like the fact that the movie was technically the original ending to the series. Yeah, which shocked I me really, that you didn't know that until just recently. Honestly, yeah, no, I had no idea. I actually really liked that. Just, just seeing like what his original idea for the series was and how this, and just knowing now how the series has progressed to kind of reflect that, and mm. also knowing you know too that you know nine and Shigaraki they're the you know they've gone down the same path so he's not like totally abandoned that end so maybe we'll see more of uh maybe that climax that I like so much um but yeah it, I mean it was it was an overall good movie I'd never saw the first one so I can't really compare like how how each of them differ and like if they were if it was better than the first movie or worse or anything like that I think it's better than the first movie, and I can I, and I love the and I let me stress I do actually really love the climax of the first movie as well, but this climax is so much better. I'll, I'll go ahead and say that up front. The climax oh, yeah, is it so was, much better. It was fan service comes comes a thousand. It was it was. It, uh, it was like what everybody wants to see. Yeah yeah, uh, Zach. What about you? Besides like just the climax itself, which we'll talk about here in a second. Uh, what what are some other things about the movie that you just really was fond of? Well, I enjoy actually the foreshadowing of stuff because what this movie would have originally came out, I think actually before we hit all the current stuff that's finishing up in the manga, correct? Most definitely. Yeah. 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 And not, and also keep in mind, uh, this movie came out before season four as well. Um, so just, just little foreshadowing things like the whole, which I it hasn't even come to fruition at the moment. And, the anime yet in the anime just hawk's whole thing the little hint at that anyone who had read it to that point knows what hawk's up to uh just the foreshadowing of just slightly what we learned later some more stuff about uh one for all yeah and then just the whole dynamic of getting more with the class stuff because for a while now the last thing we had really with all the students was interacting and everything would have been the one A versus one B. Yeah. I think that came after the festival. Um, one A versus one B. That's what's about to be animated, unless I'm thinking of something yeah, else. Yeah, that's, that's season five. Yeah, that's that's the but, beginning of season five that's coming out. And at the same time, I want to say that this movie happened before we even got the villain arc. Oh, uh, like, oh, when are you, talking, are you talking about when the villain arc was being uh, written in the manga? Because the movie came out in like 2019. Yeah, late, in Japan, late, late so. 2019. Yeah. So if I'm yeah, not so mistaken, it been it, right, right there around when the villain arc was starting, probably then. Right, right. Um, I'm trying to think because on the original anime, we were talking about we were in the villain arc. So, and the villain arc story yet? I would think so. I would think that it probably started yet. Yeah, I think it started. So I think when this movie originally came out in Japan, we were in the where the villain arc was just started. Uh, yeah. So I mean, it, it did have it had a shit ton of 
yeah. foreshadowing. And you know, speaking of the foreshadowing, uh, you know, let me make sure that I'm I'm not like hardcore, like just mixing up the anime and the movie here. Zach, you mentioned uh, the stuff with Hawks. This movie did have one brief little tease of his secret mission, right? Yeah. No. Okay. That's just, what. Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. About him, and he just complete yeah yeah he asked about it and hawks just changes the subject because that was right yeah that's right because that was right when hawks you know heard about the sos and that's when he put two and two together the villains on the island okay that's right all right yeah 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 so i mean that's an awesome foreshadow of uh of like hawks mission and what what we have you know see coming up in the future so well with that said let's hop over to the climax you know obviously this is the part that uh, everyone looks forward to in these anime movies is uh with the big climax which obviously this whole movie's built all up around you know deku and bakugo fighting nine that's how this whole thing's built up and you know during the whole you know the whole plan you know that all the 1a students have set up is that they're gonna force nine into submission where he has like that that kind of like that breakdown where his body starts giving out on him so which causes you know just it's caused from him using his quirk so that was literally all their oh. mission was was just to get him to use his quirks so he can end up just getting t- tired out as he's fucking steadily just walking like Michael Myers walking up this fucking mountain, whatever. So you say that, Alex, and all I can think of, so that kid, during the same thing, we had that whole little thing about them injuring a villain and whatnot, mm-hmm. and that they could have been in trouble if that was a relief, if, that they were the ones who did that. And we have this movie where there is no concern for villain's life in this situation no none at all yeah. <laughs> like just look at literally, <laughs> they're literally making a plan to where they force this guy's cells to degenerate because they can't because they can't safely arrest him so yeah. they're very they're actively planning on how to off this guy yeah basically Pretty basically much, yeah. uh, and then the whole Tsukuyomi fight versus uh her name slice slice yeah and then my whole thing with Chimera, just those three just go. <laughs> yeah, basically, just fuck them, right? Um, yeah. You know, when it comes to the actual, like, fight that we had, um, you know, like I said, he was basically Michael Myers walking up this fucking mountain, and everyone's doing their part. You know, Momo firing a couple of cannons. You know, we had the naval laser firing. You know, he he had a couple moments, man. He wasn't giving up. He was firing. He was firing left and right. Um, you know, Yuraka doing some stuff, Froppy, you know, Froppy, no, Froppy was with Todoroki, that's right. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we had, uh, Jiro involved as well, as well as the tail dude, I don't remember the tail dude's name, he was involved at one point, you know, um, and then, of course, we have Deku and Bakugo, you know, kind of jumping into the fight, the main part that we want to see here, and I, I love their, um, I love their teamwork in this fight, too, like, I, I love the moment where, uh, Deku goes in for a St. Louis smash, and it's blown back, and Bakugo catches him in the air and does the little catapult thing, whatever, firing, throwing Deku back, I love the teamwork that they have in that moment, it kind of reminds me of just, like, kind of like a Goku-Vegeta type of dynamic, where, you know, they're, you know, frenemies, but they they can really work well together. Um, oh, yeah. So that that I, 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 it's just, it's such a simple moment of that catapult thing where he catches Deku and throws him, but I absolutely just fucking love it. It's so cool. Um, they end up obviously just getting pushed up against the wall. Uh, I mean, they can't beat this guy. They're getting their absolute fucking shit wrecked, which now prompts up to the original ending, which the original ending idea was that uh, Deku was going to pass on uh, all uh, one for all to Bakugo to defeat 
X villain. Obviously, I'm you know, you know that that's the original ending. Nine not nine is not necessarily the original ending villain, obviously, but just that base concept of Deku and Bakugo both having uh, one for all to defeat X villain. That was the original ending, and we have that uh, we have that kind of sweet moment where they're both like clamped up with the blue dragon things. I really don't know however to refer to it than blue dragons, uh, where Deku realizes that's the only way to kind of get out of it. And, uh, you know, I, I know it's a movie, you know, I know it's fan service, but you know, one obvious plot hole that we got to point out, um, just, just for the sake of it. I know, again, I know it's a movie. I know it's fan service. I know we're having a good time here. It's just the fact that Bakugo was like good to go on this quirk, like very quickly. You know, oh, yeah. I, I, don't get me wrong. I understand he's very experienced with his quirks, so that argument can be made and stuff. But I mean, come on, that, that's that's a plot hole in my mind, one hundred percent. That he gets this quirk, he can immediately just pop stuff out, <laughs> like like no problem. You know, uh, once he you know he has that moment um, where he you know they can you know grasp hands, whatever, to pass on the quirk, so they both have it, and Deku's basically living off embers at that point. And you know, I, I've watched this scene in the dub on just on like YouTube, whatever, and I gotta I gotta make a complaint about the dub, which I'm not a big dub fan anyway, but I gotta make one major complaint where it's like they slightly kind of altered the line that Bakugo delivers at that moment. I don't know if you guys uh, Zach, I I Obviously, I know you don't do anything with dubs. I know you probably haven't seen it, Josh. I don't know if you've come across it by chance. But basically, if you guys remember in the sub version of the movie, Bakugo asked the question where it's just like, you know, so this is going to be the end of your dream now. You know, is that right? You know, that that was more or less the question that he asked Deku. And he still kind of asked that question in the dub, but it, it it's also changed. The, 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 the dialogue is changed where he does not directly ask that question of like, is your, you know, this is the end of your dream, huh? He says something else. I don't remember what it was. But I remember just watching that scene in the dub and being kind of disappointed because that, that's, that's in the... That's another, like, it's such a simple piece of dialogue, but it's super, you know, great piece of dialogue because, again, of how long these two have known each other, and even though they have, like, that, you know, Bakugo shows that hatred side of them, you know, they, they have been friends for a very long time. You know, he knows this is Deku's dream. So just having that line of, you know, this is the end of your dream, isn't it? You know, I th- yeah, I just think it's a really awesome line. I'm kind of disappointed in the in the dub in the dub version, taking that line out or altering it, whatever. Um, you know, they both go into the, I guess, I guess that's like the one, 100% mode is what we'll call that where they kind of yeah. go kind of super saiyan in a way. Yeah. Uh, they go basically the, you know, the, well, they basically go 100% mode, you know, do a Detroit smash to blow things back. And I point this out to Zach. Uh, it's, 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 it's just a funny moment where as soon as it happened and Debaco's arm is completely fucked up, it just kind of falls down. He kind of, cl- you know, clinches at it, whatever. He's like, oh, that hurts. De- Deku doesn't even fucking move. He's like, let's go. <laughs> like, like, we got to go. And all I could ever think about is that first time meme of James Franco with the noose around his neck where he smiles he's like first time. That is the only thing I can think of anytime I see that where Bakos his arm is just fucked. He's like, oh this hurts. And Deku doesn't even flinch. He's like, all right, we need to go, bro. <laughs> you know, one oh, one thing about this uh this fight that some people like were kind of back and forth on and they're still back and forth on it today and I'm I'm gonna ask both of your thoughts on it is the song choice. Okay, a lot of people are kind of back and forth on it. Where you know, there's one side that obviously wants like a you say run, super epic type of you know orchestra music, you know, you know, 
like what you say run or jet set run is. And then there's the people that like the might you that we got where it's like really slow, you know, has a different vibe to it. What, what was you guys thoughts on the song choice going into this? Cause I, I remember when I first watched it and I was kind of, kind of caught off guard a bit because you know, I'm naturally, we expect something like a, you say run or a jet set run or something along those lines. But I personally really love the song choice. I love that entire sequence as a whole. I thought the song choice was perfect in every way possible. That's my opinion. But what, what's you guys' thoughts on the song choice for the final moment, uh, the final fight of this movie? In my opinion, it was, you know, it was all right. Um, I mean, I guess I don't really have a huge opinion on it because when it comes to music, I'm never the one that's like, you know, really paying attention to the music. I'm paying more attention to the action. So, I mean, I think it was a good choice music for the ending and everything. Because I mean, yeah, we could they could have used "You Say Run" or like usual, but I mean, it's a movie because we do expect something. At least we should expect something a little bit different from the movie versus the series itself in terms of music choice. Right. I, I remember, I just remember when it came out, man, everyone was just kind of back and forth on it, fighting about it. Like I said, I personally really liked what they did with it. Um, I, I, you know, it, like, like what you were saying, Zach, it's just, you know, nice that it was kind of something different, something that we, we, we would, you know, didn't normally get, um, you know, the animation for this entire sequence was absolutely, you know, insane. It was so beautiful. It, in every step of the way, uh, I love, I love how, you know, when, uh, Deku is like, you know, going like, you know, super fast, whatever, and going to like hit nine and stuff where he like basically becomes like a blue bur a blue blur where it's almost like he looks like Sonic the Hedgehog in a way. I, I thought that I always, I always loved that animation personally. I thought it looked super cool. Um, you know, and obviously the fight comes to a close with our heroes coming out on top, um, you know, all of the, you know, the SOS being received, all of our actual heroes have now come to the island for our little rescue, you know, kind of taking care of business. And then we have the moment with All Might and Deku after the fact and Deku breaking the facts to him. Like, Yo, I had to do this. You know, it was the only way to win. You know, we, we needed two, uh, all, uh, one for alls to even stand a chance. And then we had, now, now this is, a, now this is something that is obviously, yeah, it's a movie, it's fan service. We get that, but it's something kind of controversial. It's like, what did you guys think of how the quirk went back to Deku? Where basically when Deku gave it to Bakugo in this moment that the previous Quirk users, who we know is alive within the Quirk, basically just let Bakugo borrow it and then gave it back to Deku. I know, I know right after that, Zach's just like, okay, I call bullshit. Um, so just like, you know, th- you know, what do you, what do you guys' take on that? I mean, I, I'm not bothered by it. I, I kind of figured it's something that happens. Because isn't it, isn't it explained in the movie, like... Um, Deku didn't like actually give it to Bakugo in the first place. He just let him borrow it or something like that. It was explained that the transfer was not complete. Okay. So, I mean, you know, with it like that, I guess it makes sense. But, um, you know, I'm not too fucked up about it because that stuff happens all the time. Yeah. And it's a movie at the end of the day. Um, yeah Zach, yeah, Zach, I know, like I said, when you, we were watching it, you were just like, all right, I call bullshit. Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming you still stand on that that stance. Well, I mean, yeah, I do personally, but there's a whole thing, because even with what we know now, with what's released in the manga, we still barely know jack shit about how all or one for all still exactly works. True. 
with all those different uh, predecessors residing within it, and even with the current stuff, we've learned that they apparently have some sort of decision or ability to choose who the ability goes to, even if somebody transfers it. Because right. it's like, because All Might, he had no clue that they resided in there. That's true, he didn't. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So, and it hinted before that if All Might passes, he'll reside in it as well. And I guess whatever, because I can't remember, All Might didn't actually have a quirk at all, right? No, yeah, he was quirkless. Yeah, he liked that too. So even if he resides, his quirk wouldn't, wouldn't really be much help other than motivational speaker. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> Pretty much, it, like Mufasa makes, in the clouds. It makes me curious if there was others besides the ones that we're aware of that resided in the building that could have held the power at some point and not interacted with them at any point. Yeah, and that's a fair point. And, you know, another uh, point to make is that, you know, with this being the original ending idea that uh, he had for the series is something like that ever going to pop back up in the actual manga where we have like a borrowing type of moment in an emergency situation and then it being transferred back to some capacity is that something that will pop back up in the future who knows yeah you know it's, who passes each one of the abilities to one of the other students yeah basically or at least uh you know bakugo and uh kirishima you know since they're going to be the second and third user you heard it here first yeah, I mean, let's let's put on a simple hat and say maybe Bakugo didn't get to keep it because you can't give the quirk to someone who has already had it, and at this point, Bakugo would already have had it, ah, so he couldn't get it go. again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go, man. That, that, that's what I'm talking about. That's some that's some great theorizing. I've uh, yet to see any time manipulation powers besides Little Eerie. So yeah, good luck with that. I mean, hey, while we're while we're spooling stuff here. Yuri has done some stuff here lately. Yeah, yeah, she did do something in the manga here not long ago. So, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what she, we'll see if she'll be able to take it a step even further. You know, I, I mean, it's only one step further too. Yeah, it is. To be honest, so I think she can do it because she's still like five years old. Right. Um, the last two points to make for this movie, and it'll be kind of quick ones, and we can wrap up this bonus cast. Is obviously the. Um, the fall of nine, uh, not Shigaraki came in and turned this bitch to bitch to crumbs. And then yep. and told then, him that he was going to see the, see the world, see, see nine's vision of the world come true. Yep. Uh, right. himself, he was going to be basically what nine wanted to do. Shigaraki's like, nah, bro, you're going to die. I got this. Don't worry about it. Uh, and then the final, like, I guess, key moment of the movie, in my opinion, which is like, it, it's just a really nice kind of heartfelt moment. Cause it's obviously the throwback to the, you know, to the beginning of the series is when Deku tells the, you know, the, the kid that, uh, nine was after that you can be a hero. Um, just like, you know, all might said to him all that time ago. So it was like, it was a nice, like little moment where Deku, you know, gave this kid something that he really needed to hear. Cause Deku needed to hear that, you know, ne- he needed to hear those words when he, you know, back when he met all might. So that, I mean, that, those are the last like two little key moments of the film. And, uh, you know, I can't, I, I, I can't tell you guys enough how pumped I am for the third movie coming out this summer, assuming there's no delays. Uh, this oh, one, yeah. this one being focused as well on Todoroki, which is funny. A lot of people are actually predicting this based on like the patterns they go, you know, the first movie was about all might and Deku, you know, before it all might lost, you know, his powers. The second movie was about Bakko and Deku. So a lot of people were thinking that the third movie could also be involved with uh, Todoroki and here we are. That's <laughs> he's involved. 
So I'm, I'm pretty yeah. pumped up for the uh, for the the next movie. But if you guys have not seen Heroes Rising, I definitely recommend going and renting it. If you're a My Hero fan, it's it's a really good watch. Beautifully animated, good soundtrack. Uh, I I just can't I can't recommend it enough. It's just a really good movie. Um, Josh and Zach, do you guys have any uh, final thoughts on the movie itself or anything that you kind of want to throw in? If not, I think we're going to go ahead and just wrap up this bonus cast. Uh, no, I was, was going to say is like you know I can't I can't wait for the uh, the third movie this summer to see what it's it's going to be about, knowing when it you know might take place. True, that's the big thing is when is it going to take place? <laughs> that's what that's yeah. we're just we're just waiting for those details now. All right, well. I think that's going to do it for this bonus cast. Hopefully you guys enjoy this bonus cast. We do want to do more of these in the future uh, about other series, kind of maybe some promotion for like something like a Kaiju number eight, Phantom Seer, other newer things that we're reading, maybe older series as well, like Josh checking out Food Wars right now. Uh, You know, anything along those lines, that stuff we want to use bonus cast for. So hopefully you guys enjoyed this and we'll see you on the next bonus cast of the next episode of Animan Plus. See you. Later.